I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me, with me as always, the sexy baby to my monster on the hill, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Mike, what is that a reference to? It's a Taylor Swift song. Okay, okay. All right, okay. As long as it's something safe in bounds. Sometimes, I don't know if you're doing like a dog whistle to your people of like what I am to you, and I'm like, hey, like you got to give me some... Consent. I need consent before I, you know, just jump Brandon, into I would never I put you. you. I would never put you in a situation like that. I said you're like the. What? It's, it's the. What, what, it's the what, weirdest. What made sense of it's what the I weirdest. Said it's the nothing made sense of what you said. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to bail you out of the other side of this. But it's the weirdest lyric from the Taylor Swift album. It's an anti-hero, and she says. I everybody I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm the monster on the hill and it's sort of a metaphor for fame and not being able to move in the places that other people can move but now we have the image of sexy baby in our heads that's really hard to erase yeah I don't like that I don't like that concept of of, I mean that's that's quite literally sexualizing youth you're sexualizing the youth by saying sexy baby I think we need to watch Taylor Swift and her lyrics. She needs. To be, uh, Aaron Rodgers said we got to be careful with our words. I posted a picture of me and my sister with our nephew Jackson at his yes. baptism, and I used the caption in my story, and it said "The monsters on the hill," referring to me and Sydney. And one of my friends texts me and goes, "Am I to infer that this is, means Jackson is a sexy baby?" <laughs> exactly. Yes. Positive self talk about baby babies. Jackson. Speaking of positive self-talk, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Um, the importance of words is going to come up a bunch. Some news about Ooh, uh, the yes. world of sports and its intersection with uh, Kanye West and a lot of the terrible, problematic things that have been said there. Aaron Rodgers and what he's been going through with his Green Bay Packers team. He said some really pointed comments uh, on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show uh, from a leadership standpoint that were really interesting. And I was very interested to see your reaction and to see the reaction of a lot of other people to what this was and if it falls under the category of leadership 
or not. We've also got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich fight, which is hey, great A. Top choice stuff. Well, we're but, all here. Um, it is why we're all here. Um, Brandon, I did think of you, though. Um, I was walking around today, and I don't know if you heard the Los Angeles Lakers are winless right now. Has that has that come up and affected your life at all lately? Only on the timeline. Never in my heart and soul. I haven't watched, so I, I'm okay in that regard. Like, you know, I saw, I've seen one game, and watching the Lakers win or lose one game is pretty normal. Like, it hasn't hit my soul in a way. I know Russell Westbrook seems to be a topic of conversation, as well as Darvin Ham and LeBron James and the lack of shooters. But Russell, Russell Westbrook, I, by the way, came up in conversation in one of the funniest ways ever. Did you see the uh, clip from Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp talking to Magic Johnson when he asked him about Russell Westbrook? Yes, I saw it. Shout out to CJ Deer who put that together. Go ahead. I just thought it was incredible because Magic Johnson is truly one of the few people that can understand some of what Russell Westbrook's going through, right? Being a star player on this franchise that's so different in the way people talk about it and perceive it. And the best part about it was that Magic Johnson did the thing that Shaq always does on Inside the NBA, which is when you boil it down, Magic Johnson's advice was go out and be Magic Johnson. Like he told Russell Westbrook to focus on getting back. Brandon, he, all right, I'm paraphrasing here, but what he said was he needs to stop worrying about getting into fights with the media and the fans, and he needs to take accountability for his failings, go get back in the lab, and then get back out on the court and make it happen there. Essentially, you know, the old football phrase, let your pads do the talking. And he then went into some very specific examples about seasons where he had underperformed. He came out and said, I admitted it and then talked about going on a string where he had like 10 straight triple doubles and did all these things where he did magic Johnson things like as great as Russell Westbrook is his greatness at any point in his career has never touched magic Johnson's and so for magic Johnson's advice to be well simply go out and play basketball as well as magic Johnson did at certain points in his career is to me it felt very similar to Shaq when he's on inside the NBA when he tells bigs that they just need to go out there and dominate and take over over the game like dog we're not all built the same <laughs> it's a little different I think it's a little different because Shaq is Shaq and Shaq is a one of one and as well as Magic being a one of one but Magic said go get better he's basically Magic basically said either go get better or quit and I think that's a fair <laughs> retort and that's not him asking him to be Magic Johnson that's not him saying it do sounded what I an did. awful lot saying, like be Magic just go out and play as well as I did after I not got those slights well, levied my way. <laughs> not as well as I did, like a, a shiver as well as you can. Mike, of all those people that were a part of the OKC team, it seems like Russell Westbrook has fallen off uh, farther. Maybe it was expected based on the rest of those two, thinking about James Harden and Kevin Durant. But he's saying, go play up to a level of team basketball that we've seen you play before. And I, maybe that's the problem. Maybe he doesn't play team basketball. Maybe he, he's just a triple-double monster and therefore does all the things. And, and we need him to just to do some of the things. And he obviously can't shoot right now, and that's that's troubling. But what are you, what are you supposed to do? He's making all this money, Mike. It's like the Sam Ellinger, uh, Matt Ryan thing. Like at a point in time, I, I think during the rest of the season, just because Matt Ryan makes more money, we're going to see Matt Ryan again. Like, I think just because Westbrook makes all the money, we're going to see him, but we need not to see him for a little bit. He needs a break. He needs to take, like, a Draymond Green, 
I punched Jordan Poole in the face break. I I thought a lot about the Lakers, Brandon, in that regard because I think there's a very interesting symmetry going on in the NFL and the NBA right now. When you look at the teams that are struggling out the gate in both leagues, because right now in the NBA, you've got the Brooklyn Nets who have struggled Mm. very much out the gate, and you've got the Los Angeles Lakers who have struggled very much out the gate. While in the NFL, we've spent the beginning part of this week talking about the downfall of the Packers and the Buccaneers. And the parallels between both sides, right? If you look at the Nets and the Packers, teams that people expect to win a lot more than they have. You could say that about the superstars at the helm of that team. You could say that about Aaron Rodgers. You have got Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers who had very problematic vaccine takes during the last couple of seasons. Who fancy themselves a lot smarter than everybody else in the room. You've got that team struggling out the gate here. And then on the other side, you've got the Buccaneers and the Lakers, two teams that have an argument for the greatest of all time on their roster a bunch of names that still look like talent on that roster that are just underperforming relative to expectation while we also watch LeBron James and Tom Brady clearly on that downward slide of their talents LeBron James been injured more in the last couple of seasons Tom Brady almost freaking retired and hasn't looked perfect he hasn't been overwhelmingly the problem but he hasn't looked like the guy that we've seen in the last couple of years so I just thought it was Really interesting, and this is just star players getting old, but to see star players struggling as they get older in two sports, in two very different leagues, but to have so much symmetry there was kind of a bizarre glitch in the matrix for me. Mike Evans is Anthony Davis. Oh, ooh, ooh. Mike Evans is probably better at his job than Anthony Davis has ever been. Though. I don't know, Mike. I, I think I think there's a bit of be, a bit of knowing that he is better at his job because he has been in the past. Well, because... you could also say Mike Evans' very interesting start because Jameis Winston was his quarterback for a while, which obviously was a bit of an adventure. Mm. A lot of good and volume in that offense, like there was in New Orleans with the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, but you weren't winning much of anything until you went and got yourself in an environment where the GOAT was. Now, in the NFL version, Tom Brady came to Mike Evans as opposed to Anthony Davis going to the Lakers, but you see what I mean. Right. But hey, Darvin Ham, former player, respected, Todd Bowles. I think uh, Ty Bowles is, uh, let's not forget the last time he was a head coach, Mike. Maybe this is more indicative of the leadership over there with the Bucks. Uh, but I, I, that is scary, Mike. I do like that. I do like the, the, the warm weather cities with the arguable uh, Mount Rushmore player. And I know Jalen Rose wants to get rid of Mount Rushmore. We can talk about that another day. But yeah, Mike, they, I, I, I like this. I like well, that. I love a nice crossover, NBA, uh, NFL crossover. The biggest difference, though, is if you were to ask me of both who I thought had the better chance of resurrecting their season in the NFL, it would be the Bucks over the Packers, and in the NBA, it would be the Nets over the Lakers. Just because at some yeah. point over the long course of a season, I understand maybe at this point betting on Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons recovering, to, especially Ben Simmons, but betting on him to become what he once was might be a losing hand at this point. And if Kevin Durant can't go out there and blow everyone out of the water anymore as he continues to age coming off lower body injuries, that might be difficult. But looking at their situation versus the Lakers situation, I am inclined to back the situation out east. Yeah, and uh, just the fact that both teams on the NFL front are in the NFC, which is the weaker division, uh, like the east. Yeah. 
kind of you know skews that way. Anyways. Well, but I yes. mean, is the is the I mean, yes, the Warriors. Well, I mean, you've got the Warriors in the West, but you've got the Bucks, who just because we don't talk about them doesn't make them any more of an insane threat now that they're fully <laughs> healthy. Yeah, they got to be fully healthy in the playoffs, Mike, because Chris Middleton well, was not. I I understand that. We could say the same thing about the Warriors, right? If that team's not fully healthy the way we've seen in the past, it changes the outcome of things. I mean, they literally lost that 3-1 series because a lot of people point back to Draymond being suspended after the nut kick game. Like, you took one guy off the court, and it changed the balance of a series. So don't tell me the Warriors are immune to injury. That's been a huge part of that dynasty's ebb and flow. It wasn't one guy off the court. It was the guy for LeBron. So that's a big difference. All right, Chris Middleton. Chris, Chris Middleton is your finisher. On that team, Chris Middleton is the guy with a versatile enough offensive game to be your clutch time finisher. That's real. I think Drew Holiday has proven to be the real finisher on that team. I think Drew Holiday also Both fits sides into of the ball. Both sides of the I, think, ball. I think Drew Holiday does that, but I think offensive versatility wise, Chris Middleton's the one guy you can throw the ball to, clear out, and say that guy can go get a shot on his own. That's all I would say. But this has devolved into a conversation that we can have for another day. This is way too much early NBA. And not what I want to talk about with you, because Brandon, what I want to talk about with you is what we heard from one of the people in that comparison in Aaron Rodgers. Because He's been fascinating, and we've talked a lot on here about Aaron Rodgers and the whole obsession with words this season. Words have spells. Words have power. We need to be careful which way we use our words. And so if Aaron Rodgers is going to say that, then it's not surprising that people are going to pour over his every word. They were already going to do that because of what happened in the last year. But Aaron Rodgers, after this weekend where they had an embarrassing loss to the Washington football team, they're getting ready to play the Bills on Sunday night football and bracing for impact. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Where Aaron Rodgers had his his some of his comments of splintering. Well, yeah. So, so I I want to walk through the timeline of Aaron Rodgers' comments because he was asked earlier this week after their game if he thought it was plausible the Packers could right their wrongs and make the playoffs, and he said, "You're bleeping right. It does. I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us this week. Nobody's going to give us a chance going to Buffalo on Sunday Night Football with a chance to get exposed. Shoot, this might be the thing for us. Now, I want to point out next that Aaron Rodgers, after a lot of these games, has stood up and said, it starts with me. I have to be better for this team. And so in a conversation about accountability, that's an important thing to preface on the front end. But he did his usual thing where he went on the Pat McAfee show and talked with those guys on Tuesday and was asked about some of his teammates. And one of the statements that ended up coming out of this was, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Gotta start cutting some reps and maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. Now, it's a long-ranging interview, so I can't give context to everything. Aaron Rodgers was asked about if there are, you know, one or two plays away, and basically said, "No, we're making too many mistakes. We're making, you know, mental errors on twenty percent of fifty plays a game, and that's not sustainable. We can't win like that." And was also asked about his play, and I don't know if he brought it up tongue in cheek. I couldn't find this tweet, but made a comment, and this is the words thing: made a comment saying that his quarterback coach Tom Clemens, who they brought back on the staff, had been his personal quarterback coach gave him his highest grade of the season this past weekend and whether or not you agree Aaron Rodgers played great or not it's about the fact that he said that out loud in the middle of this context so I, I wait a minute he said what 
He said when asked about his play, and again, I don't know the full extent of this context, so I want to say that he could have been saying this a bit tongue-in-cheek or whatever, but brought up the fact that his quarterback coach, Tom Clemens, gave him his highest game grade of the season after their loss this weekend against the Washington Commanders. Wow. So how does that how does that strike you first? I think it is... I think it helps tell the story for uh, for us, Mike, because I, I, I would think that Aaron Rodgers was doing the things that he needs to be doing. I wouldn't point to him as the weak link necessarily in these games other than him being able to kind of will his entire team uh, to a victory, which we've seen him do before. But I don't, I feel like he's, I feel like I'm not surprised that he's making the right decisions every play. I am surprised that he would share that with everyone. I, I was going to say, I think that's where I come down is he can be right and this can still be wrong depending because leadership's a complicated thing, right? Like leadership at oh, a yeah. fundamental level. Like, what do I believe about leadership? I believe it is about serving other people and finding the best way to connect with different people because different people need to be led in different ways. No one's the same. Right. It's one of the most important parts about being a leader in any situation, but especially in a locker room. As big as football locker rooms are, you got to recognize different people need different things. But the baseline place to start is with personal accountability. Because when a coach stands up in front of the room and says, hey guys, I messed this up. Or when the star quarterback stands up in the room and said, this was my fault. Then it invites everyone else to say, well, if that guy's going to stand up and tell us when he messed up, surely I can raise my hand and do the same thing. Day one stuff. It's not always that simple in the way that it's expressed. But the next part of this comes, and this is the part that we'll never know about, but the part where Aaron Rodgers has lost the benefit of the doubt, I think, based on the last couple of seasons. That's really what this comes down to is we don't give this guy the benefit of the doubt anymore, certainly because of the stuff that he said last year in the midst of the pandemic, the vaccine stuff, but also his dealings with this organization. It was a lot of friction going back the last couple of summers. The will he, won't he return thing might have cost them Devontae Adams. It sounds like that was a real factor in his coming back. And so when you've got all that in there, like you could sell me, Brandon, on a timeline that Aaron Rodgers did all the right things leadership-wise, right? Like I, I always go back to, for me, moment of leadership. Harry Heastan, Notre Dame's current offensive line coach, one of the best leaders and men, men I've ever been around. I almost lost my starting job like three weeks into my final season of college football. And I am forever indebted to the fact that he operated the way he did, which is he was never going to let the shit get downhill to us. He was going to block that and then he was going to handle it with us man to man. And I wasn't playing well enough. And so there was a conversation that if I was going to keep making the mistakes that I was making, a younger player was going to be allowed the opportunity to make those mistakes and learn and grow for the future. That was the reality of this bottom line business. And thankfully I was able to go out and play. And that was never something that anyone else heard about. That was never something talked about in the media. That was a conversation between the two of us. That was a conversation about production in there. And I appreciated how frank that was. It was honest. And all we can ask is to know where we stand with the people that we're working with. And so... You have that. Now, you could tell me that Aaron Rodgers 
went to any of the players that he could be referencing here. If it's the young wide receivers, new offensive linemen, and they're in the mix, like plenty of things that, by the way, would make it understandable that mistakes are being made to an extent, but bottom line business. You could say he went to those guys and said personally, hey, these are the mistakes that are getting made. You and I both know the golden rule is you can't make the same mistake multiple times. It can't be the same thing over and over. And so maybe he went and addressed it and it wasn't getting done, wasn't changing, the work wasn't getting done, the result wasn't getting done, what have you. And then he goes to Matt. Matt LaFleur and says, Matt, hey, these are the things that we're not seeing changing right now. You and I as the leaders of this team, this has to change. And it wasn't getting done either. It wasn't happening from the coaching standpoint. It wasn't getting received as a message to the player. And so Aaron Rodgers at the height of frustration looks at this thing and goes, well, I've got to say this out loud somewhere. We see coaches and players plenty of times use the media as a vessel to deliver a message to a locker room. And so maybe as a, like, if you told me this was the last resort, that he had tried everything else and felt like he had exhausted it six or seven weeks into the season, wherever we're at right now, maybe I could buy that. But again, that's earned. That's understanding that we've seen public accountability from this person over and over and over again. Trust gained in drops, lost in buckets, the shit I say all the time. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that right now, at least not with the general public. I can't speak for his team. And so when he comes out and says stuff like this, it's going to sound fucked up because it kind of is. Yeah, it, it is, Mike, especially since he was the one who put everybody on the team on notice and on blast after the Giants lost in London. He, he said, I'm going to look at the reports uh, or the what is said amongst us at, in our press conferences and see who's losing faith in, our, in this team. Well, two weeks later, Aaron Rodgers is the one in the press conference saying someone on the people effing up need their reps cut. Um, I don't know if that's splintering because he's the general. I mean, they. I, I would argue they have a new head coach because of Aaron Rodgers and his issues with uh, Mike McCarthy back in the day. So I, I do think we're dealing with someone who is in charge of a lot more like a LeBron James. But because of that, we take what he says with more weight and – I think someone's getting traded at the trade deadline. That's my thing. I, I think that I think it's not just people taking a seat. I think moves are going to start being made. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, I would imagine. And that would be smart, right? If you're the Green Bay Packers, you're not winning anything of value with the current thing, situation that you have. And so if you're bought in, and I saw the guys, God bless them, Chris Long and the folks in the Greenlight podcast talking about floating the idea of trading Aaron Rodgers right now and seeing what you could get in return Ooh. would be incredible. And I would love Who would take Aaron Rodgers right now. Well, they said they floated the Patriots. Wow. The Patriots aren't Aaron Rodgers away from being good, but still. But it would it would be that. interesting. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think the Packers are going to do that, but it underscores the point that they're not a winning roster right now. That's become abundantly clear. And so you're right. Something's probably could, could and should get done. Because again, if you're in the last couple of years of the Aaron Rodgers experience and your goal is to try and max this out, why not max it all the way out? You're going to have to burn it to the you control burn and start over anyway when this is all said and done. You've drafted a bunch of young talent on defense. You've got a bunch of young guys on offense, but you're still going to have to figure out like, hey, is, there, is Jordan Love still breaking case of emergency? Like, is that going to fly after all this is done? But I, I could see you on that, yes. But it, I wish we had a stat boy, Mike, and maybe this is where I should be stepping in, but when's the last time a, uh, a reigning MVP was traded, let alone a two-time reigning MVP? Like, it, it's it's we're in just this weird territory right now. 
Oh yeah, like listen, I, I again, I don't think that's going to happen. As fun no, I don't as think it think it's going to happen, but it's 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 not it's not crazy, especially oh, no, when it's... we're talking about the the thin the thin. You think that's crazy? I I think it's more realistic than that. Not realistic, but I think if, for a team that is having this surprise, uh oh, we're shitty. Like you know, go, what's your biggest biggest asset? Like like Chris McCaffrey. Like uh oh uh oh, we're shitty. Did. Sounds like a great children's like an edgy children's book about a kid potty training. Uh oh, we're shitty. <laughs> That's so good. Uh-oh. Uh, we're uh-oh. shitty. <laughs> it's, it's like the Samuel Jackson go the fuck to sleep children's book. Uh-oh, we're <laughs> shitty would be another Samuel Jackson line of children's books. But oh, yeah, it, no, it, it, it's uh, again, because I don't think that's happening. I think you're right to point out that Aaron Rodgers is the one who said our words matter. And so this is very clearly calculated by him. Like, I don't think he just came on. Maybe he is that frustrated where he finally just broke down and all that flowery word bullshit sounds good until all of a sudden your team's getting stomped out by the Washington football team whose stadium's falling apart and owners constantly getting indicted. Like, maybe that's a frustrating point enough and you're getting hit more, all that shit. But... I tend to believe that he did this for a reason, but again, that reason works if you've got a bedrock of trust built up with teammates and the people who are receiving this message, and maybe he doesn't care. Like, Aaron Rodgers clearly doesn't care what a lot of us think, and so if he's got that stuff on lock in the locker room, and he has been leading the right way, and this is the last straw, I can understand that a little more because we see plenty of people use it. Would I be comfortable doing that as a leadership style? No, probably not. That's just not how I've gotten down and not how I've found good results happen, but Aaron Rodgers... know clearly a different dude and clearly doesn't give a shit what other people in the outside world think and to an extent that doesn't matter as long as your locker room fucks with you this does not sound like the quotes coming from a guy whose locker room is in a good place and so that's where the concern starts to mount at how this stuff adds up so uh none of this changes the fact i think they're 10 and a half point underdogs this weekend against buffalo and are going to get their shit rocked it is gonna go so bad this weekend brandon Mike, it just would be the perfect ending to a spooky October of underdogs. Like, it just would be. It would be. If Aaron Rodgers gets back together with that woman that was reportedly a witch. <laughs> yes, uh, Miss Blue uh, Ivy or whatever her name is. Oh, no, that's that's. <laughs> Careful, the Bayhive. I care about you. <laughs> Please, please don't. But yeah, no, you know what? Honestly, again, as we gauge and we'll get to Friday what the funniest outcome from the weekend might be, that would certainly be up there. It would certainly be up there. I just don't think it's possible because I think Buffalo's that good. And I think they're good in all the areas that the the uh, Packers are really bad right now. But we'll wait and see on uh, that front, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, in the meantime, you know what Aaron Rodgers could have done to keep his cool? What's that? Could have put on a great pair of knock-around sunglasses, Brandon. Oh, yes. Are you putting... Oh, I didn't... I'm reaching for my... Okay, I was trying to to give you time there, stall and do that while I uh, make sure you're in the mode there. Uh, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers would probably be a lot more happy if he were sitting in a nice pair of polarized sunglasses that only cost him about $30 a pair, wouldn't have all this stress leaking out, wouldn't have all this negativity. Words matter, and we have to value and guard them. And so that's why we are going to use our words to tell you about really affordable sunglasses. Knock around sunglasses, ship fast. 
They don't cost much, and they've got a ton of variety here. How much variety? I'm glad you asked. 15 different frames. That's how much variety. A multitude of colors. That's how much variety. Brandon Newman's wearing one of the pairs, the dugout edition, for the MLB postseason as we get ready for the World Series to start on Friday. Maybe you fancy yourself a baseball person, and you want to check those out. Maybe, just maybe, you say, I'm an individual, and I want to create for myself. Well... Knockaround's got over a billion possible combinations in the Knockaround Custom Shop. A billion. That's like a mo- you know, room full of monkeys and typewriters kind of odds there. You could never create all billion in there, <laughs> though you might try. Uh, knockaround sunglasses are high-quality polarized sunglasses at a truly affordable price. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off. All you got to do, go to knockaround.com, enter code GOJO at checkout, get you 20% off. Again, knockaround.com. Promo code Gojo. That's G O J O for anyone that might have their first podcast experience today and hasn't committed it to memory. Okay. Knockaround.com. Promo code Gojo. 20% off. I want to talk about Jaegermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jaegermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What what else do I need to know about Jaegermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. i just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Um, Brandon, um, words mattering, probably an appropriate headline for what we are going to talk about next. This is yes. something that you and I had been cognizant of because it's a you know larger societal headline right now. What's going on with Kanye West? We had on this show and done it. Now, we made mention of it on the podcast and and yes. certainly heard from some people on it. But the intro song to this podcast and to for a long time when I was doing four to six a.m. radio at ESPN, the intro song was "Good Morning" by Kanye West. It was time appropriate. He was one of my favorite artists all growing up. It was something that you and I bonded over for a long time. Oddly enough. Yep. Like that was our shit in college. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out when we were at Notre Dame. And I will never forget, even as much as we loved Kanye's music, reading in the Notre Dame Observer, a very, very, very white campus, calling that album the greatest hip hop album at all time, questioning the bona fides of the people <laughs> writing that to make that decision. Like that was our reality for a long time. It was. It was great. And also, I mean, it was... Uh... Timing is important, Mike. I think that album came over. Uh, came the album came to us during the Thanksgiving break, actually very timely. And we were going to USC uh, to to play to play USC. Um, and it was just you know when at first when the new music hits and everyone in the on the teams listening to it in their own time and getting back and comparing notes. It was just like a special time period, time capsule moment as well. It was, and music is really time and place, and those are intimate bonds that we form with artists and shit like this. And so that's why this has been very tough for a lot of people, but 
where we're at now with Kanye West, the reason that we, you know, and again, this isn't some grand act by us. This isn't some bit of virtue signaling, so don't flatter yourselves. It was just an understanding of what this is all about. Kanye West has begun and continued a string of saying incredibly hurtful things that impact a bunch of groups of people. He has gone out and offended black people before with his comments saying that slavery was a choice. He wore the White Lives Matter shirts recently and then got up and started spouting a bunch of anti-Semitic remarks recently in a number of different platforms. It got him pulled off of Twitter and Instagram for hate speech and it now is you know was the reason his interview was pulled by the shop LeBron James and Maverick Carter's company when they recorded the interview said that they were not going to air it because they were not going to give those bigoted opinions a platform we saw there were other podcasts that were willing to and then tried to cry like they were sorry after which is bullshit and they know it but it all led to Kanye West coming out and very publicly challenging a lot of people, including the companies that had for so long had his back. And that includes Adidas, which finally on Tuesday had to drop Kanye West after he went on a podcast and literally said, the thing about being Adidas is like, I can literally say anti-Semitic shit and they cannot drop me. I can say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? He challenged them and they had to act. They already waited too long to act as others like um, as others had dropped him. Creative Arts Agency had split with him. Uh, Vogue had previously said it has no intention of working with him. Balenciaga, who had been a partner with him for a long time, cut him down. And now we're seeing in the world of sports. Uh, he had had Donda Sports, which is an agency that had just been founded here in the last year or so, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown from the Celtics being two of the premier clients who both had to put out statements saying that they were no longer going to be working with the brand for marketing deals or anything else. Weirdly enough and unsurprisingly, Antonio Brown is the president of this organization. That's legitimate. Like That's a legitimate thing, which tells you how foobar all of this stuff is. But Brandon... I guess as we saw all that pop up and we talk about all of the words, two things can happen at once, right? And I heard Trevor Noah talking about this on The Daily Show. There can be empathy for the person that feels very lost right now to an extent with Kanye West because this is a person who we've seen very publicly battle mental illness talk about like to the point where like medication is involved very like to that extent and has talked about how different he is on and off his medication as we see someone who has said in the past that he is this kind of unhinged when he's off his medication acting like this you start to look and see, all right, as this person is being put constantly in these public platforms, it seems exploitative ex- uh, exploitative to an extent. But then there's also the personal responsibility that no matter what you're doing to get up and spew hate that is causing problems and real-life pain for so many people. Like, the Los Angeles Times reported on Sunday that Hate groups had gathered on the 405 giving out Nazi salutes with signs that said Kanye's right about the Jews. Like there were plenty of people that were seeing real life pain and impact of their life because of the words that this man said. And so everyone distancing, I I don't want to hear from anyone anymore because there's still, I know some of those people out there that are going to try and rationalize anything this guy does and are going to try and point out how this might be advantageous to Kanye West business-wise. It doesn't matter. It's on the rest of us not to celebrate this anymore, not to celebrate him anymore. And that's the conversation we always have. This comes up in sports. This comes up in life when you see statues come down. 
It is not about trying to erase anything that's ever happened. If you've enjoyed Kanye's music like we have, it doesn't invalidate your experience along the way, especially right. before right. we knew these things that were a problem. It doesn't invalidate some of the good that was done early in this life. What it does is get to a point now where everyone's got a choice to make about what they support directly, indirectly, tacitly. And if you are celebrating this person by giving them money in these partnerships the way so many of these businesses were, by being represented by them, by playing their music in a public space like this, the way we did on this podcast, where it's not you hearing it out at a bar, it's not it being played at a club, it's a decision to associate it with who you are, that's a decision and a message that you send to people who are in groups that he's hurt with his words, and whose words have turned into real-life problems and hate for others. So that's, it, it's sad it's disappointing but above all like it's it's been time it's been time for this to happen i can understand people who are frustrated that this didn't happen sooner but it's happened now and we need to continue to all say we're not going to entertain this because all of it whether you believe it is done for attention whether you believe it is done because this person believes it the outcome is still the same for the people on the other side of that and that's what's finally it seems starting to take hold yeah mike it just feels like Kanye is oddly putting himself in a position to be the perfect example of cancel culture doing the right thing instead of cancel culture doing the woke thing. Uh, if that if that makes sense, I think Kanye West is really uh, dangerous at this point in time with his words and his rhetoric uh, specifically and his uh following because there's a lot of gen zers who didn't even get touched like by kanye the way that we were touched by him in uh college dropout mike and would uh are willing to go to bat for him and fight for him and and cape up for him because of the 75 dollars pair of church socks they got at a sunday service so i say that to to reiterate that yay has had a bunch of forms uh, a bunch of different iterations of importance in this life and in, in this culture. Hell, uh, Taylor Swift gave him time uh, in her Midnight albums with her, her diss tracks. So I, I don't want to minimize just how important he has been. I think just how important he has been is why the moves to remove him from decision making now is is uh happening as swiftly as an as an and i think it's 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 more important to do so now now i think this people are talking about removing his music from spotify and and apple and i think that's taking it a little two step too far because uh you know i i don't we're not erasing someone's complete complete entity but i think when it comes to new words new thoughts uh, new forms of artistic ex expression, we can silence that as much as we possibly can from a, a social media standpoint. Because when Kanye West speaks, there are people that are trying to divide America that will give him a platform to do so. We've seen so with Tucker yeah. Carlson, we've seen so with the other podcasts that we've said, like, there's going to be people that are willing to let him speak. We just got to do our best to kind of be disciplined enough not to listen. Well, and the tough part becomes, though, for those brands, Brandon, is if you are still 
in some way feeding back to him financially or allowing him a platform, he gets to weaponize that. That's what happened with Adidas. You could have said, hey, we'll stamp yeah. out all new sales of Adidas shoes and we'll stop there, but anything that's been out before, like, hey, we can't do nothing about that. It's all right, well, if he's drawing a check, he gets to use your name the way he does that. And you wonder if there's a time where Spotify or Apple Music become a place where he gets to weaponize yet again. Hey, I have this relationship with someone important. They're still putting up with me, so my words are something you need to listen to. I'm not saying there's a perfect answer because I understand what you're saying. I'm saying it's a complicated problem. And especially now as these brands hear more and more from the people purchasing their product who do so with a conscience that ever, and people can get up there and call it woke and trying to do that whole thing. Like, again, holding people accountable for the words that they say, especially when they've got as much power that you described is important. And in this case, this should be, an, this should be one of the easy ones. Like, this should be one of the easy times to sit up and identify and say, no, bad. That's why it, it almost didn't bear saying too much. But at the same time, this is someone who, you know, you and I have had a, a relationship with in that way that people who listen to the music of an artist do for so long. And it bled over into the world of sports and yada, I, yada, yada. I did think it was interesting that Adidas would, in their announcement to cut ties, announce that this meant that the company would be losing up to $246 million yeah. this year. It's like, why does uh, why does, why do we need a receipt or a price tag on the severance? Is it, is it, is it to prove to us just how, just how brave and, and uh, courageous and, and woke that you are like, yo, th this is the money we're giving away to do what you guys were acquiescing. We're saying bye-bye to Kanye. just like all the rest of you are. Oh, it just seemed like a weird move. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I disagree with the word woke being used in almost any. I, I think that's a thing that's been co-opted by bad actors in that way. But it is like, Fair. it is, to your point, was that included in Adidas's statement? I saw that stat floating around. I didn't see that that was in their specific statement. They pointed out what they were going to lose there. It, I would say this from the, uh, when, when I saw when they saw it from like front office sports and things like that, it was a, it was a, a part of the... Um, the news release so i imagine it was a part of the original press release got it because yeah and that's that is the thing is like most people do not care what some large corporation is losing because you're not right. supporting a guy and with kanye and adidas i mean that was a full-blown partnership that wasn't just like he got a couple of bucks to do ads for you you had him interwoven to who you were and if you couldn't cast that out after i mean after he said the thing should have been enough, he just forced their hand by literally challenging them, which is why a lot of people are starting to theorize that that was purposeful. And again, I don't care. Whatever your ends were, it does not justify the things you said. One of my one of my favorite lines, because for the people who want to do the genius thing always, my retort is this. One of my favorite lines from a Kurt Vonnegut book called Mother Night is, we are who we pretend to be. So we need to be careful who we pretend to be. And if for long enough time you want to go out here and play a character or play a role and think it's going to benefit you, eventually when we start to just assume that's who you were, you've got no one to blame but yourself. So that's yeah, the situation I, we've I, got with him. Yeah, and I do want to mention that he was cut by CAA, his, uh, an agency, obviously very one of the big agencies out there, and then also Def Jam, uh, removed Kanye West and Good Music. His his I mean Good Music Good yep. Fridays was a real big part of the culture as well. It was a big staple. So those are some big moves that are happening outside of the retail space that are, are uh, 
doing what they think is right when it comes to getting their cleaning up their name by removing Kanye or Ye uh, from it uh, as a whole. Yeah, and again, you hope this has an ending where maybe this finally sends a message to the person and the people in his life are finally able to break through and get him help. You don't want to see this end in the sad way that unfortunately seems like it could be possible at this point, but everyone has finally done the thing where it's we're going to stop enabling this we're going to stop being associated with this and what happens next becomes an even bigger question mark and an even bigger enigma um the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba with same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and now that the boston celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the miami heat Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Gojo. That's code Gojo for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Whew. That was a lot, Brandon. Um, so was. And because of that, I'm going to give us a little break. And then I want to segue into some fun because we do have fun things to talk about here today. It's the middle of the week. We understand that we're getting ready. We'll have Thursday Night Football to talk about tomorrow. We'll have the NFL and College Football Weekend to talk about on Friday. But today, we have got the advanced art and analytics of peanut butter and jelly sandwich fights that we need to get to. And so in order to crack the lid open on that, Brandon, I need to ask you the most important question on that po- this podcast is, do you know what time it is? Oh, you know I do, Mike. Mm. You know I do. Mm. On a Wednesday mm. in October. Brandon. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now, right now. You listening? Are you listening? Because I'm friends with the monsters that's under my bed. Get along with the voices inside of my head. You're trying to save me. Stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy, yeah, you think I'm crazy. This, that, and the third. This, that, and the third. In honor of the Super Bowl halftime show this year, God love you. Finishing off the month on a strong note. What a rebound from yesterday, too. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> oh, you say a rebound, Mike. I feel like I was screaming more so than singing into that really tired behind my eyes. But, uh, yes, I, uh, Monster. I, when it comes to this, Monster, uh, I was thinking about using Kanye West, Monster, obviously. And we're... we're we're absolving ourselves from him. I was thinking maybe the Nicki Minaj verse, but there's been other monsters out there, Mike. Uh, Eminem and Rihanna. 
There we go. And take that one all the way to the bank. Last year's Super Bowl halftime performer, this year's Super Bowl halftime performer. It's hey. all working together. And if you enjoyed that, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review and let Brandon know how well he did. Also at Gojo Show on Twitter. If you got more suggestions, get them in while they're hot. We only got a handful. We got the rest of this week and we got Monday and next week. And then Brandon's spooky October this, that, and the third theme disappear. Mm, like the wind. You're going to miss this. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone by <laughs> so fast. And, uh, Brandon, uh, let's get to this. Uh, pretty cool moment from uh, John Kyle Parry. So, um, Coach Cal, the head coach of the Kentucky men's basketball team, um, announced they were playing their annual blue-white inter-squad scrimmage at the Appalachian Wireless Arena in Pikeville as a part of fundraising efforts for the victims of flooding in recent areas. And when that happened... Um, a man named Michael McGuire made sure he was going to be there with his son, even if it meant showing up after work, which for him was working in the mines out there. And a viral picture ended up online on Coach Calipari's feed of McGuire covered in soot, in his work clothes, sitting courtside during that scrimmage with his son. And Coach Cal tweeted the picture and said, My family's American dream started in Clarksburg, West Virginia in a coal mine, so this picture hits home. From what I've been told, after his shift, he raced to be here with his son and watch our team. I don't know who this is, but I have tickets for him and his family at Rupp Arena and will be treated as VIPs. And... They, uh, per the athletic, Calipari not only offered the McGuire family courtside tickets to a future game at Rupp, but also for them to be his guests at dinner, a pregame shoot around, a meet and greet with the Kentucky players. All these things involved. It sounds like Cal has made that contact. And, you know, he even came out and said, um, I thought a lot about my grandfather who worked underground in the mine. I've also had the privilege to go underground with miners in Kentucky and comments stuck together to me. We go down there and we come together and we come up together. And so all these things ended, you know, a cool moment. Obviously, it's a good sell for the Kentucky basketball program. John Calipari yeah. is always someone who is out in front trying to make sure there's good publicity around the program. But you like seeing good things happen to hardworking people. You know, I, I don't want to go too far because we know these milkshake duck things can happen. But it's it was a cool moment to see. And I hope that we get to see some of the experience for this person and his family and get to enjoy a basketball game. Absolutely, Mike. We forget about those real jobs that exist out there. Um, and shout out to the, the wife, uh, Molly Gail McGuire. I'm, I'm seeing her on Twitter. Uh, she created a, a Twitter this month, Mike, I imagine, to uh, field all of the uh, requests and things. And, and on the avatar, you have her husband covered in soot uh, after a soccer game with their son, Easton. So it's pretty cool to see, and I, I'm glad good things happening to good people. And, and worth noting, too, we mentioned also part of why they were there. Cal and his team spent Saturday at the local University of Pikeville men's basketball team helping those displaced by flooding. They raised $162,452 for Team EKY Flood Relief Fund and presented that check to the charity during the scrimmage. So obviously a ton of people affected by that in Kentucky. I know you had talked about you know that in the in the state of Kentucky and what a nightmare that was for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been nice to see everyone kind of just rally around the in this time of, of need for the United States. We've had a lot of it recently. Yeah, un unfortunately so. So good moment there. Goodbye all involved. 
Uh, hope everyone has a good time getting celebrated the way that they deserve. Brandon, let's get to that, though, because that's where the ridiculous bullshit starts. I shouldn't say that. You know what? I won't I won't go that far. But what I will say is this. Okay. I you was not expecting this. Yeah. I, you know what? Hey, listen. My, those are my words. I have to own them. So instead, I will say, this is just a ridiculous <laughs> tweet that I did not realize was going to happen, and now I'm fascinated to see the result. And I think it could be a great opportunity for our show to take a field trip. So. Ooh. Love field trip. At Italian Bowl USA tweets, it's official. The and God, I I can't do Ro. I don't know how to do Roman numerals. What is is the L fifty? The L yeah, of course it's yeah. So but what is the XL two? Is that Super Bowl forty two then? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is one 50. of my, XL. this is. No, if it's if it's XL, isn't it L is fifty, and so if the X is before, then it would be L minus X, and so it would be forty two, right? I need you. To, this is really the it's dumbest 42. I am. Yeah, yeah it it's is forty two. All right, okay. Yeah. I, the dumbest I am about anything as an adult is Roman numerals, which is why working in sports and particularly working in football is a trap, and I hate it. So first off, fuck everyone who made Roman numerals a thing for the Super Bowl. How dare you? Just use numbers. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's in the name. It's like, you know, talking about, it's a, literally another language. It's, you know, it's, it's, it might as well be Chinese numerals. Like, I don't know those. I don't, I'm not from Chinese. This is one of those places where, like, I'm generally never this guy. We can put this in normal numbers. I don't need this to be in Roman numerals. I, I, w- I, I, I like, I like the, the aesthetic look of it, Mike, but I need it to be said more often. Like I need, like I need some, I need somewhere in the writing, in the logo, what the real number is too. Yes, I, like I need you to just chuck it up in parentheses for me. Help me, help me. Yes, is all I'm saying. So <laughs> that is the preamble to this. Um, the 42nd Italian Bowl will be played in Toledo, Ohio, at the magnificent Glass Bowl Stadium, July 1st, 2023. It is for the Italian Football League, which is playing American football in Italy. It is a league of Italian players, and I'm assuming some American players that go over as well, that are going to be playing in Toledo, Ohio. Now, Brandon, I know nothing about this league. I still need to look up some highlights and see what we're getting involved with. But what I want to float out there is this. I've already been talking to some other sports media members about this. I feel like you and I need to take a show field trip July next season to go to the Italian championship game in Toledo, Ohio. This feels like exactly where we're supposed to be. Oh, absolutely. In the glass bowl out there in Toledo, Mike, uh, flying to Detroit, take a little short drive, about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, I like it. I love it. And I also think that I don't want to downplay the league, Mike, but I just feel like we could possibly get a snap. Maybe one goal line snap. Brandon, I still maintain, man, if you put me anywhere near a football field right now, it's not going to go well. Every day I walk in. the entire championship league? Brandon, every day when I wake up, just doing normal household activities now invites the opportunity for me to potentially hurt myself. Every day, I've got to take a deep breath and brace my back when I'm bending over to get something. I've got to really make sure I'm bending at the knees and not at the waist. All of these things, because this is just the sad sack of shit I am at this point. So no, I'm not going to disrespect the people in the Italian Football League, and I'm going to say those athletes deserve their place in the sun, and that sun will shine in Toledo fucking Ohio. Uh 
uh, amen to that, Mike. But I had to do 10 push-ups to do a podcast with you right now. Like, you know, uh, we all have our ways to get, and there's a reason that there's a warm-up, warm-up lines for football, I am, and, which is the worst part about football. By, by far. By far the worst part. Brandon, the other thing that surprised me about this, and so in the tweet that got sent out, and again, it's at Italian Bowl USA, they had like a highlight rip playing at the beginning that flashed the IFL logo, and then what looked like a bunch of actors going out. Like they were stock images and stock video of nameless football players. And my question was, do they not have the rights to their own games or someone filming their own game? Like I get that there might not be a television provider that's putting these out anywhere, but you'd think someone's filming them and they couldn't get, for this announcement, someone to do a rip or a cut up of their own games. Like again, I don't want to wealth shame them, but at the same time, I feel like this is something in the internet age that's pretty, they had the money to go out here and pay for stock acting images of football that you would see in a bad football movie that's the part that stuns me a little bit here but i think this is just the example of the uh the people overseas the europeans trying to do the american thing right they're like okay how do we best promote this for the americans like how do we get the americans to to go like okay dark shadows like people in football jerseys lots of confetti (laughs) random sparks a a, a a slow mo catch as if it's the most important catch of the game. Like it felt all like uh, too pandery. Like they don't even know that they're supposed to just show the game. And maybe they're trying to hide the game as well, Mike. Maybe that's the that's the thing that's a little bit lackluster. I'm trying to see the Italian Football League. All right, let's see IFL teams that are currently present: the Ancona Dolphins. The Bergamo Lions, the Bologna Doves, the Bologna Warriors, the Balzano Giants, the Catania Elephants. Ooh, so we've got Elephants, Marines, Damons, Rhinos, Seamen, yes, Briganti. Okay, where's Seamen's from? What's the, what's the city? Um, It's the Milano Seamen. I like that. That's probably what I play for. Ooh, they've got a great, their mascots or their logo is an S with an anchor in it. Ooh, that's hard. And they won the 2019 Italian Bowl, beating the Gelfi Ferens. So, Brandon, I feel like the I feel like the Milano Seaman. What is a, a Ferren? I'm not sure. There were a couple of these names that were a little too Italian for me, and <laughs> I, my only experience with Italian was once on vacation. I met an Italian girl in the back of a bar, and I used what little Spanish I knew because they're both Romance languages, so a lot of the bases are the same to try and flirt cross across language lines, and it did not go well. It was unsuccessful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't sound like there was. Sounds like something only American would be bold enough to try. Yes, exactly. As I'm ripping cigarettes in the back of this porch, I did not smoke cigarettes, but I did that night. Hey, hey, you got hey, when in Rome, right? <laughs> Brandon, let's get to the third and get to something that's a little more in our wheelhouse, like peanut butter and jelly fights. So, okay, I had somehow missed this when it originally got into the news because I saw some stuff after Penn State and Michigan played and Michigan beat the unholy hell out of Penn State and Jim Harbaugh came out and said something about I was I was weirded out by the headline because Jim Harbaugh was saying that some encounter in the tunnel between the two teams at halftime was the fault of James Franklin didn't really pay it any mind because I don't really care what they did in the tunnel well apparently 
According to someone in the know, and this was a Detroit Sports Nation, Penn State players apparently threw peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at Michigan players while they were heading in the tunnel at halftime. Um, during the game, uh, there was video footage of Wolverines and Nittany Lions talking smack to each other and having to be separated in the tunnel at halftime. It was then that Abigail O'Connor, who is Michigan's team nutritionist, said she found peanut butter and jelly sandwiches smashed in the floor outside of the Wolverines locker room. She tweeted, yesterday I found PB&J squashed on the floor outside our locker room. I thought it was an unsuccessful attempt to sneak food to the sideline. Turns out they had been thrown at our players during that dot, 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 jam up in the tunnel first off excellent pun by the team nutritionist and second off great of her to put oh, the business I get in my- yeah i know it, it takes a second it, it's it takes a second so brandon i have a couple of questions here okay number one i am thankful for this team nutritionist for putting this out in the streets because this adds a layer that now makes this an interesting story first question is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich even in the top five of sandwiches you would attack your enemies with? I think so. I think so. With the right amount of consistency of jam and peanut butter, that could be very dangerous. It's like the uh, it's like a snowball with the with the right type of snow. So the thing I'm worried about is consistency because peanut butter is a binding agent, and so a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich they're going to be stuck together. It's not quite Velcro, but the shit's pretty close. Peanut butter, and so my worry is that you're throwing this sandwich and it's got a chance to bounce off. It's going to take a high degree of difficulty to get to open up right and really get shrapnel on your opponent's like body. I don't think. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what you're looking for, Mike, because I think you're you're leaning on the fact that the, the peanut butter and jelly is in a plastic baggie to to help let it help it travel. Don't you know like when you're making shots with a with a basketball, like the the paper towel needs to have a little bit of weight to it to, to really travel. Oh yeah, absolutely absolutely. And so I think that's why we need to take people behind the scenes into the locker room because when you hear peanut butter and jelly sandwich, people might be thinking P B and J wrapped up like that, the normal four corners cut down the middle or cut diagonal, yes. however you prefer it. Usually in a college athletic situation, and really this could apply to the pros too, when you're talking PB&J, you're talking Uncrustables, which by the way, I'm going to openly show Uncrustables, if you're listening to this and you want to come on and sponsor the podcast, I promise I have ingested more of your product, both as a young man, as an adult, than anybody on earth. I, my we used to me and Braxton Cave, my roommate when we used to go on road games, used to get on crustables, eat them in our beds, and throw the wrappers on the floor. So eventually, when someone had to get up and piss at like three a.m., all you heard was crunchy wrappers on the floor from cr- Rice Krispie treats and Uncrustables. Not new to <laughs> Honestly, this. It, it is. Uh, it was one of the first like rich things I did. I think it was my own money. I went and bought some strawberry Uncrustables and Mike. They hit. They hit. I mean, not as well as great, but I you know, still respect your privacy. Oh, my gosh. Continue. So there probably were Uncrustables, which are basically flying saucers full of PB&Js, but they're sealed on the outside. And so my thought yes. was, all right, now if we're talking Uncrustables, the game changes a little bit because you've got ability to throw those things and get a little bit of force behind it, and you might get like a water balloon effect where those things are going to hit and explode Ooh. because if we're fighting with our jerseys on, someone's wearing road whites. And if I really want to make this thing legit, I want the splatter effect on the road white. I want them to be wearing PB&J, and I feel like the Uncrustable is going to give you a better chance. 
I love I love that. I, I love the fact that they were being thrown as well, Mike, because it's one thing to yell something at an opponent. If you're throwing something at that same time, like you're letting someone know that they're that you're serious. Like take my words a common theme for this podcast. Take my words seriously and with these words, here is an object thrown your way as well. Just to let you know that you should feel threatened by my words and my presence and how I'm angered at you. Like, there's a couple uh, obscenities that are thrown around on football fields. I'm thinking one is a B-A or B-A-N and to think about those things with uh, Uncrustable thrown Ooh. at it, just, there's, there's much more weight to it. It's a good punctual. It's a good punctuation for that. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. So that obviously plays. Now my question is, if you did get to choose the sandwich of your choice to attack your enemy with, what would it be? Because I went back and forth on a few things today, Oof. Brandon. I thought maximum stainage, hot meatball sub might be pretty good. But then I thought, you know what? The meatballs, it's a little too clean, right? They're going to hit and there's going to be some there. I want this to be sloppy. Philly cheesesteak, a fully loaded Philly cheesesteak. Okay. Now, it's going to be difficult to do that. And that's if that's if I've got to have like an open and closed sandwich. Because again, it's going to need a little bit of something to hold it together while I throw it. But even if I do, it's like buckshot. It's going to spray and it's going to be yeah. all over a person covered in cheese. So if we're doing sandwiches that have to open at a clasp, then I would go the Philly cheesesteak. What say you, Brandon? I want to say that's a really good decision and a really good choice. I think size is very important. You would think a larger sub to, for more impact. It's a great point. You got to go smaller. Six inches, six inches probably you want to get kind of like a football size. And that's why I was thinking I was leaning more towards uh, a meatball, a six inch meatball, but maybe from like a Penn Station where it's kind of a, a kind of baked yeah like it's kind of enclosed like because i was thinking like oh maybe a pastrami because it's a lot of weight to it but that that shaved meat hits you and just kind of just goes everywhere like confetti or like a, a gender reveal like you, you that's not really making a big impact like you got to have a, a sandwich that's going to really just make you know what i mean <laughs> make contact what if what if this was an elaborate gender reveal <laughs> Like oh this one this one's got this one's got strawberry or this one's got grape and this is how we're gonna show this guys our fullback's having a baby it's a boy yeah oh my oh like a a classic oh take it back to um I really don't know you talking about Roman numerals I don't know history a stoning ginger gender reveal with like, oh, just Jesus like water balloons of, <laughs> but like water balloon colors or just. Or just incredible colors of just either, you know. Can we can we both agree on this? I don't know if it qualifies as a sandwich, and I don't want to. This is not the hot dog as a sandwich thing, but I don't know what okay. we classify as a, a burrito as. But a burrito would be the perfect thing for this scenario. Yeah, yeah, deadly. It's imagine. I mean, honestly, if there was if there was burritos instead of uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in that tunnel there would be an actual fight. Like, it wouldn't have been a jam-up. There would have been an actual, like, like scuffle, actual beef, if you will. <laughs> like, I think I think that's... <laughs> I like where your head's at, though. That's, that's, that's dangerous. At Gojo Show on Twitter, tell us what your sandwich of choice would be 
to attack your enemies in a fight taking place in a football tunnel. We hope this podcast hasn't been a jam up for you. We hope there's no beef on the way out here. If you enjoyed it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star rating. Before you do that, also make sure you check out the Game Time app because I almost forgot to include that in here, but caught it in just under the goal line here. Make sure you check out the Game Time app. Go, go, yes. go, go, my Do goal. it. Our friends at Game Time. Me, just getting it in here is not indicative of how much we love the folks at Game Time. They're incredible. They're great partners. We support. They support Man. us, so you support them. They are the fastest-growing ticket app that guarantees the lowest prices on tickets to all your favorite stuff. Sports, concerts, shows, all the above. It is great. It is easy to use. You go in there, wherever you're at, it's going to give you the full rundown. Easy. I love an easy user interface. I'm a moron, and so things have to be spoon-fed to me. If I can navigate this app, you can navigate this app. And it's going to give you, hey, these are events coming up today. These are the very low prices you can buy the stuff at. You can look a little bit about further into the future. And the best part is, before you get ready to check out, which is only going to take you about 30 seconds, you can also see the view in the app from the seat that you're going to buy here for a very low price. So make sure you download the GameTime app, create an account, redeem promo code GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Again, Gojo, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download game time. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Whew. And if you're really here at the end of the podcast, then we love you that much more. Yes. Honest honest to God. For the people that stick around this long right now, <laughs> you're the real heroes. If you stuck around this long, just drop us the high sign here. Put some, put the weirdest emoji that's in your current top used ones and tweet it at Gojo yes. Show and just let us know. You'll be in an elite club. We'll love you even more than we love everyone else who listens to this podcast because unlike kids, we do have favorites and that's very real. Yes. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details